Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another very special episode of the Welcome to the J podcast. I am your host, Jahans Lee Maniga, aka Canadian Rebel, aka 12. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Networks. You can get content such as this, different former players and coaches representing their alma mater, uh, doing what I'm doing today, just having a good time kicking it with some of the homies that they used to play or coach with. Today, our 14th guest of season two of the Welcome to the J podcast, he scored a total of 525 points, 254 rebounds, 44 blocks, 23 steals in his crane career. He's a two-time South Dakota Gatorade Player of the Year as a junior and a senior in high school. He was also Mr. Basketball that senior year, averaging 20 points, 8.3 rebounds a game. He is a class AA state champion, leading his high school team to that title for the first time since 1982. He is the pride of Pierre, South Dakota, and he loves to laugh. Zach Hansen is that. Hey, that was beautiful. <laughs> Let's that was beautiful. go. Man, well, that's- we found you. That makes me blush just hearing that. I'm like, is that me? <laughs> Bro, you were super uh, accomplished before you got to the hilltop. People kind of forget that, and I wonder why. But aside from all that, how are you doing, man? How are you holding up? Good, man. Life life is good. Just got done with a busy Monday. It's, uh, you know, the frozen tundra up here in South Dakota. But otherwise, life's good. How's South Dakota treating you since you're back in the state now? It's been good. I was just thinking about this within the last week. It's crazy that I graduated college five years ago this spring, which just, which obviously you've been out longer than that. But to me, I'm just like five years. It's been that long, you know, it time flies, doesn't it? Like you blink before you realize it. it's kind of like what that Kenny Chesney song. Don't blink before you know it. <laughs> it's just like blink, that. Man. It's just like that. You know, and I would also say, too, like when you get into like the Monday through Friday work schedule, it just seems like the days just it's like you get up like this. This is how old I'm going to sound. I'm not this old. You know, I'll I hear it. get up, have coffee for like an hour and a half, go to work at work all day, come home, try to work out. You know, I'm not a big uh I'm not a big cardio guy, so I got to do what I can, but, you know, come home, work out, eat dinner, you hang out for a little bit, you go to bed. It's like the days just seem to, I don't know, they just fly by when you get get into that routine, which I'd say life's good too. And that's probably what makes it go by fast too. But yeah, everything's well. When you're having having a good time, it seems like it goes by faster for sure. I could definitely agree with you on how it It traditionally does. does. We're just grasping away, hoping to keep time still, but it, it has to keep moving, unfortunately. So, well, remind me. So, you graduated 2014. So you'll be, so you'll be eight years out this spring. I'm, I'm this is my eighth year playing pro right now. Next year will wow. be ninth. Yeah. Does, does that feel like it's been that long? It honestly, sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. When it really does is when I'm back in Omaha in the summertime and I'll jump into the practice with the boys, you know, I'll get back on campus. I'll do my little light stretch on the side. And I'm seeing the young guys, the 18 year olds flying up and down the court. I'm like, there's no way I was moving that fast back then. And, you know, Coach Mack and the staff remind me like, yeah, you used to kind of look like that too. But that's when it feels like it's really flying by for me. I can picture you. uh, I can picture you walking up the, uh, what they call that main 
the main area. The mall. Yeah, the mall. You'd always <laughs> you'd have the headphones on. You'd have the socks pulled over the sweatpants. <laughs> have the hoodie up. I still do. I still do. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can just picture it now. Hey, some things don't change, you know. Some habits are hard to break. You know what? When it's when it's uh, January in Omaha, you can't let any heat get out of those sweats when you're walking the mall. And the joke is, I was doing that, obviously, being a Canadian kid, being used to, like, the frozen tundra, like you just said yeah. earlier. Yeah. That's something I used to do all the way, like, through high school and all of that. And no one was really doing that. I don't want to say I started a trend. But like you said, like, that is what I used to do because I fully understand. In Canada, we used to throw on the big old wool socks. I didn't see too many of those in Nebraska, but uh, that was definitely the style for sure. It still is, like I just showed you. Yeah. Now, you must have started the trend because I can't think anybody else. Well, uh, you, you know people would bite my style and not even give me credit for it. So it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. All right, bro, let's get into it. Yeah, the last game it. that we saw. Last game that we saw the Jays play at home, <clears throat> tough, tough game. DePaul gave us everything that we wanted. The Jays are able to come out victorious, 60 to 47. We had big Ryan Cockburner down the middle, leading the way, 18 points, 10 rebounds. Trey Alexander, freshman, coming off the bench. His best game of the season so far was all over the place for the Jays. 12 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, and a block. And it, that earned him a freshman of the week award. You being a big guy, I mentioned Ryan Cogburner going for 18 and 10, really dominating the paint area, both offensively and defensively uh, for the Jays. You were a big guy playing in Coach Mack's system. What are some of the things that, you know, Coach Mack really preaches to you guys, like as far as positioning is concerned, both offensively and defensively? Well, I think if you're, uh, you know, if you're going to play the big in his offense or defense, you got to be in shape, right? Yeah, definitely do. <laughs> you know, I mean, whether it's on, you know, when it's on offense, obviously it's about rim running. You got to get down to the, you know, get to, down to the rim first. You've got a ball screen three, four times, you know, in a possession. So it's a lot of movement. And then even on defense, it's really more of the same because you have to, you know, you got to show on ball screens. You got to get back to your guy. You got to be the one that's got to help on the weak side. So you've definitely got to be able to move around quite a bit. Of course. And you saw Ryan Cogburn was really able to do that, especially establishing himself in the <laughs> low post and getting either put back, uh, put back touches or just sealing off a guy and getting that pass over top that really helped the Jays, you know, control the paint. Uh, not as many turnovers as we saw the Jays in the last couple of games, but that's still something that they really have to work on. One thing that was very important about this game, Coach Mack was not on the sideline. Coach Allen Huss had, I saw had that. to fill in. Coach Allen Huss had to fill in for him. Coach Mack going through a little bit of a COVID protocol. Uh, Coach Mack gets safe. He, he's an alumni of the show. Get, uh, you know, get back healthy and get safe. Hope to see on the sideline this upcoming uh, game against uh, Butler on the road. But how weird would it have been for you to look up one day? <laughs> like you spend your whole career with Coach Matt Coach, and you look up and it's like, I don't know, Coach Murfeld and like this timeline or like uh, Coach Lutz or something like that. Do you think that like kind of takes away from your game day experience if you're a player? And, and how do you think you, Zach Hansen, as a player back then would have adjusted to that? Well, I think you definitely probably got to try to keep it as, you know, normal as it would be without him, right? Like if it's a big 
if it's a big deal that he's not there, then obviously, you know, you remember how it was. People are, people have their routines. People are superstitious. So it's like mm-hmm. if the main guys isn't there, obviously, you know, people don't want to be thrown off their game. So I think you got to just approach it probably like it's just another game. You know, a, a funny thing I'm just thinking of sitting here is I could see how if you were in the game and let's just say, you know, a coverage wasn't made or a play. Yep. You turned the ball over or something. You're like probably that. like Max in his living room right now, writing a note down for film session. <laughs> but in spirit, he's probably writing the film session note down. <laughs> That's so funny that you mentioned that because last week Isaiah was on the podcast and we talked exactly about that, like what it looks like to be in those filming with Coach Mac because you know he's so he pays so much attention to all the little things. Like I used to say, like I said last week, like if I was in the middle of a game and I messed up, I threw the ball over or I turned the ball over, I should say, or I missed a defensive assignment in my head. I was always thinking like, man, I hope this doesn't make it to film on Monday or whatever the day uh, for film would be next. Did you have some of those times where you had that thought while you were playing too? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, and when you're in that film session too, it's like when they, they jump to the next, uh, they jump to the next reel. You see how everything's set up and you go, yeah. This is the yeah, one. Yeah, that's me. I was worried about. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is when I, uh, when I watch games today, whether it's Crane games or other, you know, other basketball games, whenever I see, you know, if there's like a blown coverage or whatever it may be, I just think about what the hypothetical film room session would be like. You know, what, I mean? what, what were we thinking here? You know, or like, are all the kind of like classic, like, uh, but like maybe they point something out and Mac or whoever's running film will reference another coach and go, coach, is that what we worked on in practice? That is. Oh yeah. We worked on in practice. And then obviously the coach will be over there and go, Nope, that's not the close out. You know, and then everybody just has to sit there and obviously, you know, take it in. But it's, fu- it's funny to laugh about after when you're in the film session, tensions are oh. Tensions are super high, Tensions and high. I I do remember those kinds of conversations because I think Mac would usually reference the coach whose scout it was, you know, for that game. So let's just say it was Coach Lux for that specific scout. He'd be like, "Let's start what we worked on upstairs," and nope. he'd be like, "Nope, not even close." Mm-hmm. And I'm there close. it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love how what I always like thought about is the coaching staff is always in agreement in that particular moment. Like yep. you can't go against them. No. And if you're that assistant coach, you're, you're a hundred percent. There's no, there's no, however, but if it's, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> that look, they have a brotherhood too. As much as we do as players, they definitely have it as coaches. Oh, too. for they sure. Have, oh, they for have sure. to stick together. They have yeah. to stick together. They really have no choice. Well, and, and in all those film sessions, I mean, the, it, everything they're pointing out is correct. It's just, you know, obviously when we're, as competitive as we are and you know probably as proud as we are when you're up on the you're up on the big screen and they're going Johans what were you thinking here you know or Zach is this what we're doing you know obviously in that moment you got to be like no you know that was me you know and then you just got to keep moving but yeah that's funny to think back on well I vividly remember my freshman year where I'd have like three four five games in a row where I would be on multiple slides and 
that was very humbling for me because you know how it is when you I talked about like some of your accolades in high school. When you're coming from high school, you're the hot shot guy. Like you're the man. Yeah. No one's really calling you out on that. My freshman year, man, I was getting humbled left, right, and center, bro. I yeah. can promise you that. Well, and that's the big thing too. Like I think people don't realize is like whether it's at Creighton or whatever, you know, college, it's like for the most part, everybody on the team was the man, like wherever they came from. Right. So it's like, right. it is a kind of interesting dynamic to have all these guys that were the best from wherever they came from, you know, and then it's kind of like, what's the right way to say it? Like, not that you, not that you like start from square one, but it's like, Hey, everybody's good. Like, how are you right. yourself? Like everybody's good. You know, you're good. Everybody's good. But um, yeah, there's definitely uh, some perspective changing that freshman year for sure. There weren't a, it's not like there were six, 11, seven footers walking around in South Dakota every day. <laughs> I, well, you did dominate. And I talked about some of that stuff in the open. I vividly remember the first time I saw you. Uh, it was during one of those uh, Crane team camps, actually. Your team from Pierre came up. And I was one of the scorekeepers. You went up and down a couple of times. I was like, well, man, Big Boy's dominating this game. And I kind of looked around and I saw uh, D-Rock, Coach Javries, was kind of in the corner of the gym around halftime. He walks up to me just like, so what do you think of the big guy? I'm like, he's really good. You're like, yeah, that's one of the guys we're looking out for. When was the first time that you kind of knew that you were on Crane's radar? Like, oh, there's a potential school that I have a chance to go to. You know, I want to say Mac reached out to me probably – sophomore year I would say and then D-Rock was the main main coach that recruited me but it was probably so I would say it's probably probably freshman sophomore year and then from there on obviously but probably the time frame before we move on to the next topic let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook if we haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call telephone number 1-800-GAMBLER. So when you first got Coach Mack's attention, I guess, or the first time you guys communicated, what were some of the things that he was telling you that he was interested in bringing you into the program for? Well, at the time, it was uh, – here's actually a, a funny st- – here's a funny story. I don't know if you – Let's hear it. <laughs> at the time, the bigs were probably Echenique – like when mm-hmm. I was recruited, right? It was probably Gregory, Will, and Ethan probably came off the bench at the time. You know, so I think I was being recruited more probably. I'm not obviously making a comparison of myself to Gregory, but I was probably being more recruited as that style of a big man versus like a stretch four. You know, so mm-hmm. probably, you know, just how I was going to incorporate into the offense would probably be you know, similar to Gregory, right? Like a lot of ball screens, a lot of seals, you know, running the floor. Um, You know, I probably shot jump shots more in high school, I would say. But obviously, Mm -hmm. when you get to the level of what we're at, 
there was probably somebody on the floor better at shooting jump shots than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mo- most likely. <laughs> so that that was I would say that's probably the player that I was recruited as. But a funny story is that guys always laugh about was when I was being recruited. You know, I'm from South Dakota, big outdoors guy. So I grew up hunting, fishing, still hunting fish. And I remember D Rock, you know, on the phone one time, he he said, Oh yeah, he goes, We got a bunch of guys that, you know, bunch of guys on the team that fish. Gregory was just out fishing last week. And whenever I tell guys that on the team, they're like, Gregory's never been fishing in Omaha before. <laughs> oh, Always no chance like, like there's in like hell. Of course, but I don't think Gregory had done any. The Iraq's like, yeah, you know, just he was just out fishing. Sweet. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes to get you in the white. Whatever movie, it baby. takes. Whatever. No it takes. chance in hell was Gregory's big ass in a boat in <laughs> Omaha fishing. No chance. You know, and at hey, the and time Greg, I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, Greg, if we're wrong, come on the show and, and prove us wrong. But <laughs> I'm willing to bet my reputation that Gregory was not out there, bro. <laughs> Maybe he's an avid fisherman. We don't know. Yeah, maybe it's something that he just picked up. I guess what was that? That was going to be like his senior year, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. But... Yeah, roughly. <laughs> D-Rock? That's shameless, D-Rock. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I want to know, what are some of the other schools that were recruiting you? And then why did you ultimately choose to come to see you? Yeah, I would say my top five or six probably at the end. I think I had full ride offers from... Braden, Nebraska, Iowa State, Missouri, and I think Gonzaga was probably in my top five. I think that's five, maybe it was six, but I think, I don't know. There, I mean, there was, there was a gross amount of schools, but I think it got narrowed down to those five or six. And I think, at the, you know, what it came down to for me, you know, being from, you know, Pierce, South Dakota, Omaha was only, you know, five or six hours away. You know, my folks made it to, I bet they only missed four or five games probably in Omaha. You know, so growing up, they always came to all my games. So I know it was important, obviously, to be close enough where they could, you know, travel to the games. And then obviously, you know, the program that, you know, you were part of building, you know, at the time, you know, I think just the reputation of that, I think how, you know, how big, Blue Jays basketball is in Omaha, you know, I mean, for, you know, a state that doesn't have, you know, doesn't have an NBA team or NFL team, you know, the Creighton Blue Jays are, they're kind of that team, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. consistently for however long, I mean, you look at the numbers, they, they get 17 to 18,000 people to come to every game. And when you go to a game, it's rocking, right? It's rocking. You know what I mean? And I feel like when I, when I saw, you know, it's like this is the, you know, they take this really seriously that, you know, Omaha backs the Jays so well. I mean, the the environment at the, you know, it's funny is when I was getting recruited, it was the Quest Center. And then it was mm-hmm. the League Center when I played. And then now when I watch the games, it's the CHI. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, but I remember, though, I mean, when it was the Quest Center, you know, they were averaging – you know, the same numbers they were today. And I was like, how could that not be fun to play in front of, you know? Right. You know, and so that's, that's what, that's what contributed to it. And the interesting part was at that time we were still in the Missouri Valley. And then my freshman year, your senior year was the mm-hmm. big East. 
I love that you're just transitioning into my next topic. I'm actually hosting anyways. this show. You're hosting this show. <laughs> show. Hey, guys, I'm a guest on Zach's podcast today. Um, no, but for real, because uh, I talk about this with Toby, too. You guys came in together, right? Yep. Both guys recruited thinking that you're going to play in a valley. All of a sudden, by the time you got on campus, it's a Big East team. Where I want to know kind of where were you when you first found out, like, oh, shit, like, we're moving to the Big East. Like, I'm not playing in the Missouri Valley. And then what was your mindset after you found out? Because after you tell your story, I kind of want to tell you what my kind of train of thought was as a, after we found out that we're moving to the Big East. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and, and I remember I listened to, I remember I listened to Z's and you guys were kind of talking about the, you know, Missouri Valley versus other conferences. And obviously nothing against the Missouri Valley. I mean, there's tons of great teams that have went through there when you guys were competing there tons of great teams. Um, but, you know, to jump up from the Missouri Valley to the Big East, you know, it's kind of just, a, you know, frankly, it's just you've got better athletes, you've got bigger facilities, you know, kind of bigger basketball programs. And obviously comes with that is going to be better teams, right? So <clears throat> I think I don't remember the exact time frame that they announced that. I want to say it was the summer, maybe the summer I committed, they announced that because for the majority of the time it was Missouri Valley. And then I think I, I think they announced it was going to be the big East and then I had committed. Oh. So, you know, I think in some sense, you know, cause I remember at the time people had said, you know, like if you were being recruited to go there at that time, you were being recruited for the Missouri Valley. And obviously the Jays are going to the big East. And, <clears throat> you know, I think I, you know, just like everybody else that came in, it was like, well, if we're good enough to be here, who cares what conference it is, right? So mm -hmm. I think obviously an excitement that we were going to the Big East, but it was also, you know, a little bit of like challenge accepted in the sense of we're going to be able to play here too. Obviously, that was the same for the program, but individually as a recruit that started as a Missouri Valley recruit, committed as a Big East recruit, you know, I think it was, you know, like we're, we're still supposed to be here. You know, I remember that mindset a little bit. So we were in Philadelphia going to the NCAA tournament and it was rumors kind of speculating going into Arch Madness, which was the Missouri Valley Conference tournament in St. Louis the week before. Uh, we beat Wichita State in the finals. We're celebrating and the rumors just started kind of like spiraling out of control. We're like, it was, it kind of started halfway through the year, like, oh, there's a chance that we might leave because the whole conference realignment stuff that was happening with the Big East football schools wanting to leave and do their own thing. And the Big East Catholic schools wanted to stay behind and really keep it a basketball centric uh, conference. Right. So that's how we found out was we were in Philadelphia and like we knew for sure, but we weren't allowed to tell anybody because we hadn't like made the move yet officially. Right. Like Raz really hunkered down was just like, hey, you guys can't tell anybody, yada, yada, yada. And I remember thinking to myself, for whatever reason, like I'm preparing for the NCAA tournament too, right? But I remember thinking to myself, like, wait, does that mean like they still want me to be here? <laughs> I'm a valley so, guy. So that would have been so that was in between that was in between the valley tournament and the in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. Cause like that whole week we're preparing and I, we had like Cincinnati first, we beat them, we lost to Duke and Philly, right? 
But like, I remember being like, shit, like if we're moving to the Big East, like do they still want me kind of thing? And like, yeah. that's after I put in three years of work, all of that stuff. But like, it, it was just such a strange moment because as excited as I was, and you know how it is, like, especially like when you're that young, like you still have like a little bit of immaturity about yourself and a little bit of insecurity about yourself too. So that's what I was insecure about. Like, damn, like, do they, like, yeah. are they going to recruit over me now? Like, am I going to have to transfer out? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, do we still have our jobs? Right, exactly. Like, are you are we still gonna be hired in the summer? Do you remember when you know, uh, in the office when Saber took over Dunder Mifflin, and it's just like everybody was just like yeah. wondering, like, what's gonna happen with the sales jobs and stuff? Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Yeah, you know, and and I I respect that you say that because I feel like that would be as much as anybody would admit it. That's probably a thought that would cross somebody's head. But you know, testimony to you guys, it's like you were a big reason why that was a possibility anyway, right? I mean, the run you guys had in the Valley is why, you know, I guess, you know, there's probably other factors at play, but what comes to mind for me is, I mean, the the season you guys had before in the Valley is definitely a direct correlation to why we were in the Big East. So I respect that you had that thought, but obviously you're probably like, well, we, you know, we're part of sending us there, you know, like yeah. we're, to be here yeah i mean that's that's for sure the other part too right it's the jekyll and hyde of having that kind of mindset it's like well wait yeah. a minute like i did have a reason like i'm a big reason why we even have a chance to move but in the other part it's just like damn but am i good enough though you know but yeah. i mean obviously that all oh god with the season that we had my senior year your incoming freshman year yeah. obviously we proved <laughs> a lot of people wrong uh, made it to the NCAA tournament again, second in the, in the Big East regular season, second, we lose to Providence in the uh, Big East tournament championship, right? Uh, you came in and obviously, like you said, you were kind of recruited to be like a Gregory Echenique style of player. Uh, you had some good minutes early on in the season and then the coaching staff kind of decided to move Ethan at the five. And I believe that kind of ate away at your minutes a little bit, especially in your freshman year. Uh, do you remember like what you were feeling at the time when you kind of figured like, okay, like as much as I would like to be a part of the rotation a little bit more, this is the route that we have to go. If we want to actually like be as good of a team as we have a chance to be. Yeah. You know, I don't remember that specifically. I mean, I remember, I remember before the season started, I remember meeting with Mac and we were kind of just discussing you know, should I redshirt or should I not redshirt? You know, and it was kind of just based on, you know, what what's the hypothetical playing time? You know, what's the hypothetical role? You know, and I just remember the excitement around that team and the excitement about, you know, your guys' last year, how well you'd done the years before, what this year could be. You know, I remember just having this feeling of like, I want to be out there and be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like whether yeah. it's, whether it's 15 minutes, one game or it's six minutes, one game, you know, to have, to be actively involved in it. Cause I knew it was going to be special. I remember that just being, being, you know, probably more the general feeling as far as how the fluctuations of the minutes go. I don't remember it specifically that much. Um, but I mean, how could you argue with, you know, when we had a lineup where, you know, it was you, Chat, Grant, Doug, and Ethan, you know, and you're playing kind of that stretch four or five offense. I mean, 
think about all the games you can reference at Villanova, Providence at home. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting, you know, three, four, five other ones, but it's like when, when you guys were clicking, I mean, there, there wasn't many people, if anybody, that you guys couldn't beat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, when he was hidden, Doug was hidden, you know, you guys were hidden, the ball was moving, you were playing that fast-paced offense. And, and, you know, on the flip side of it, you know, being more of a traditional big man, when you've got a guard, you know, a four and a five that can shoot, that totally changes the approach, right? Like mm-hmm. if – if I'm guarding the ball screen and the guard comes off and I go to help, they're going to kick that back to the big for the three. So the fact that I have to go from helping to closing out on a guy that can shoot. And if I underclose out, obviously he's knocking that down. If I overclose out, he's going by me. And, right. and you're having to incorporate that with your ball screen help and guarding your own guy. It's hard to guard. Right. So like when Doug and Ethan would be out there, I mean, those other bigs in the big East, it was like, what are you going to do? Right. You're either going to overplay it and double back cut, or you're going to underplay it, you know, underplay it. And they're going to just, you know, start teeing Knock off. down shots. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which was a ton of fun to watch. But so I totally, you know, I understand that, <clears throat> you know, that was pretty awesome basketball and they were going to try to get, you know, as much out of that as they could. So I remember my mentality was more just wherever I can, pop in and provide value was kind of the approach I had, right? Like if, like, I think I came in the the Baylor game. I think there was a Butler Villanova game where I came in. So where it was, you know, if there was foul trouble or, you know, maybe they were guarding the three better and it was more, you know, like we could get some points inside. I remember just being like, whenever I can get in, I'm just happy Mm -hmm. that I get my value. See, that's what I always loved about you is one, your unselfish nature and just how caring of a teammate that you were, like to even think about it from a, a bigger scope. And to do that as a freshman too is really tough because like I remember my freshman year, the same kind of mentality that I had with you, but it took a little while to get there because like I said, we're all coming from our different high school situations where we are the men, we are that guy. And you just really, really want to like put your fingerprint on the program as soon as you step foot on the campus, but it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, and I know for you, like, especially playing behind guys like Ethan and, and Doug, I'm sure that you learned a whole lot of things, like just the nuances of the game, just by not only practicing with those guys every day, but just kind of watching how they perform uh, on a day-to-day basis. What are some of the things that you remember watching from like Ethan and Doug that you were like, hey, like, I need to be better at this so that, you know, I could kind of reach the goals that I set out for myself? Yeah, you know, because our games were different, I probably didn't pick up, you know, maybe a ton as far as, you know, offensively or, or certain things on defense just because they were more of those stretch players. Um, you know, but I think just watching you, you know, those two and you guys as a team, just something that stands out is you guys had done it so well for so long that I just have this, you know, memory of, you know, and I, I forget who you had on, but you had made a comment about, you know, you said, we've been here before. I, yeah. I forget which one it was. <laughs> like when, when the other team was putting a run on and we called timeout, you'd come in and say, well, guys, we've, we've been here before. And I, yeah. and I just remember, you know, not that there weren't games that were lost, but if there were ever times of, you know, 
foul trouble or the other teams putting a run on. I felt like you guys had had this ability to kind of just flip a switch and you guys could go back out there and be a different team, which as much as that's like, well, what does that mean? I feel like as a younger player, the ability to kind of zone everything out and just get back to like, we need to go get a bucket. We need to get a stop, right? Like who cares what the crowd's doing? Who cares what just happened? We know what we do. Let's get back to doing it. I think that's a skill. And I think you guys, after, you know, four years of playing together had, you know, perfected that quite a bit. And I think as a younger player watching you guys do that kind of that resilience or that composure, I, I think that's something I definitely picked up on. That following year, obviously we talked about that team being a tournament team. That following year, my group of guys leave. We graduate myself, Grant, Ethan, Doug. You guys get off to a great start, like a great yeah. start. You beat Oklahoma at home. You guys are top 25. Things seem to be going along very well. I remember I was in Romania. That was my first year playing as a pro. First time having to step to like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning to watch you guys play. And then there's a stretch of games where you guys just lose so many close games. Lose by two, lose yeah. by one, lose by three. How tough was it to be in, that, in those locker rooms like during those times? I remember Coach Mack was quoted saying something along the lines of like, to the rest of his coaching staff, he said, like, we can't beat up on these guys because like as frustrating as it is, like these guys are giving us everything <laughs> they have. It's just the ball just hasn't really rolled our way this year. How frustrating or tough was it for you to be you know, an ascending player uh, in that locker room where things just don't seem to be going well. Yeah. Well, I remember specifically, I mean, obviously the year before, you know, we go to the NCAA tournament, you know, it was an awesome year, ton of great memories. You guys had crossed, you know, so many milestones, but then obviously, you know, you guys moved on and it was kind of, you know, how's this new team going to do, right? We've had mm -hmm. this three, four years of obviously awesome basketball, awesome program, you know, how's this team going to do? And I remember obviously, you know, there was, there was pressure that came with that because, you know, nobody doesn't not want to do well. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're like, we're going to keep this thing going, you know, and, and like you said, we started great. We had that win over Oklahoma at home. That was big. Um, I think we had a few other, you know, good wins in the beginning, but <clears throat> you know, like you said, we just had bad luck. We just, you know, some of those games didn't go our way. You know, we'd, you know, and, and I will say testimony to everybody. It definitely wasn't a question of effort for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, being one that was there, you know, when we were on, you know, maybe we've lost, you know, three or four games in a row, whatever it had been, you know, we're talking about film sessions and practice you know, when you got a group of guys where everybody cares, everybody wants to do well for the team, everybody wants to do well for the fans, everybody wants, you know, everybody wants to do well for themselves. When things aren't going well, you know, it's, you know, there's a feeling in the gym and in the, you know, and in the film room where it's like, it's tough to show up because people, you know, aren't liking the results we're getting. And obviously in mm -hmm. practice, we're, you know, playing hard and, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the preparation, but stuff just wasn't going our way. Years like that, you definitely grow from, you know what I mean? You appreciate more the next years when you are winning games, 
and you understand obviously what goes into that, you know, cause you remember, you know, you remember those three, four games kids where you're going to practice and we're working on, you know, the fundamentals of the game, you know, practice <laughs> two and a half hours getting after it, you know, and it's like, you know, you, you definitely grow from those tough times, but a, a thought that comes to mind is, and I don't want to make, you know, any inaccurate comparisons, but, you know, kind of similar with this current team, obviously there's some new guys and, you know, I'm not discrediting them by, by any means, but, you know, they make it to the sweet 16 last year, have some guys leave, you know, I've really been impressed or respected this team because a little bit of a similar comparison, I guess, to me, like they had this great team last year, went on this awesome run, you know, four or five guys leave, you've got new faces out there, you know, and to be 13 and four and to be playing as well as they are and to be as young as they are. I mean, I see similarities in this team and the team I was on that year. And I've just really been, been impressed just with how they've played. And if they have had some setbacks, you know, it's never snowballed or it's never, you know, I mean, they've just kind of kept, kept going. I mean, for being a young team that's moving from that team last year. So I, I think that's definitely been cool to watch how well they've done given there's new faces, you know, the, the cool thing about this year's team is it's, it's coach max highest ranking, you know, group of recruits. So their talent level is a little bit higher than like, even like my group of guys when we first yeah. came in, like, yeah. and I had a chance to practice with them a little bit this summer too, man. These kids are, are really good. And I, people who listen to this podcast, they know I've been using the term exercise patience with this group because they are very young, like you just mentioned. And every time they take a little bit of a step back, you're just like, damn, like, you know, they're so good. Like they should be a little bit better. And then they come back and then they, they make up for it the very next game. So yeah, you're right. This group has showed a lot of resiliency for being so young and not having played nearly as much together as, you know, a group that is at this, their stage of the year uh, would suggest that they are because yeah, they are well, pretty successful right now. And if Crane fans, if you ask them, hey, could it be 13 and four, 17 games into the season, they would all say, yeah, like, for sure. we'll take that for sure. For sure. And I'll jump back to you had mentioned uh, you had mentioned Ryan earlier. Um, you know, I've really liked watching him. I mean, I feel like, you know, for how old he is, you know, because he's still got so much upside left. It's like if he catches the ball, you know, within five or six feet and he makes a aggressive move to the basket. To me, it's like that's a bucket. Right. Like he attacks the basket every time he does. It's either a foul, a dunk, or a bucket. You know what I mean? Which I really enjoyed watching, whether it's off, you know, whether it's off, you know, drop downs or lobs, or he catches it on the block, or he gets an offensive rebound. You know, even just still for being a younger guy, it's like he's a big boy. You know what I mean? He's mm -hmm. foot seven one. You know, he's he's however long he is, and it's like whenever he attacks, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm really excited to see if he keeps progressing the way he is, I mean, he's going to even continue to be, you know, dominant. I mean, he's, you can't, you can't teach if you're three feet from the basket and you can almost touch the rim without jumping <laughs> and you're yeah. an athlete, you can't teach that, right? It's like, that's, you know, you either got to contest that or foul that or hope he misses because that's a bad equation if he catches it within three feet. 
Well, I got to give a shout out to Rob Anderson for this next stat that I'm about to pull out. But you ended your career as the second all-time in field goal percentage. I think it was at 63%. If you're still in second right now, I think you have a pretty good shot getting bumped up to third because of so. Yeah, I, I, that's probably – he's probably going to – He's probably going to get me. I'll tell you, though, I mean, despite being close to the basket, you know, I will say, because I think I was, you know, I think I had whatever field goal percentage. I think Jeff has a really good field goal percentage. Ryan's yeah. a really field goal percentage. Um, but I think some of that is attributed to, you know, if you remember from practice, I mean, if you're a big man, you know, in the Creighton offense, you're expected to finish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you get an opportunity to catch on the block or if you get an opportunity to have the ball drop down to you on a pick and roll or whatever it may be, if you're not making it, you're probably coming out. You know right. what I mean? I mean, that, that's – I remember that no matter who you were, it's like if, if you weren't making – you know, if you weren't dunking it, making layups, making, you know, good moves, you know, making shots that we should, you know, give as a make – you're, you're getting next guys coming in. So I think some of that comes from, you know, we're like, Hey, we want to be out there as long as we can. Right. <laughs> you know, whether it's Ryan or Jeff or me or Will or, you know, JP, whoever, you know, it's like if you're making everything, cause if you don't, you're probably going to be, you know, sitting next to Murph on the bench probably. I love that you just mentioned JP, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit later on, but we might as well just do this now. He was yeah. on our podcast last year, and he gave you and Jeffrey Grossell, like, major props for essentially kicking his ass every day and, like, showing him, like, the ropes of, like, what it takes to be a Division One uh, player. What do you remember about, like, a young JP that was, you know, tall, frail, skinny, <laughs> but obviously had all the talent in the world to, to be a really good college player and, and beyond, and he's certainly proved that. Yeah. You know, I, it's, he's, he's put on a ton of weight, you know, from where he was when he first stepped on campus, <laughs> you know, when you're and JP's young for his age too. So when he first showed up, I mean, he was probably six eleven, two hundred pounds, you know, and I played at six nine, two forty five, and 245 easy. easy well, and we, were, we were pretty, you know, we got after it in the weight room. So, I mean, we were, you know, I mean, there was a lot of banging going down, you know, on the block. So when you're 17, 6, 11, 200, and, you know, you're in four guy workouts in the summer with, you know, me, Jeff, and, you know, Toby, and, you know, some guys that are older that have got a few more pounds, it's like, you're doing drills where, I mean, you're kind of preparing for war down there, whether it's boxing out, whether it's finishing through contact. I mean, those workouts, were you know they were intense right guys were you know it was physical guys got after it so you know and, and same thing when I was a freshman you know you kind of just adjust to you know these guys aren't 17 they're 22 you know they're not 200 pounds they're 250 so I'm sure there was just a lot of you know you're going one-on-one -on -one with guys a lot of you know a lot of physicality a lot of getting after it but you know JP was just so gifted you know I mean six eleven, seven foot crazy wingspan obviously he could dribble he could shoot he could you know he could jump and it's like he had all the you know foundations of how good 
he's become. It's just as he's gotten older, put a little more weight on, gotten more confident. I mean, you know, he got to a certain point probably where he was dunking on us in practice and, you know, maybe, maybe moving us around, but that's just part of the transition when you're, you know, you're the young guy on campus and obviously he's progressed, you know, where he, he wouldn't have any problems with me now. We'll just say that. <laughs> well, you already mentioned you're not a big cardio guy. I think that's where he would probably get you, right? <laughs> I, th- I think that's where you get me. That's where you get me. That's where I still play City League. If I didn't play City League, I don't know where the cardio would come from. So yeah. every, every year when I go, well, maybe this will be my last year. And I'll swing back around and I'm like, well, unless you want to be 300 pounds, we better keep playing. <laughs> There it is. That's good motivation for sure. For sure. Uh, every, every five years, college teams have a chance to do like an international trip. My group went on the well-documented Bahamas trip. Your group, however, went to Italy. And that's something that like, I feel like not a lot of Korean fans either talk about or know too much about. I want to know from your experience, how was that trip? Like, What were some of the things that you guys were doing? What were some of the teams that you were playing against? And like, more importantly, uh, what was that camaraderie and team building uh, aspect of that trip. What was that like for you guys? Yeah. I mean, you know, five years out of it all and, and, and a little bit older, I mean, I look back on that and it's like, not that we didn't earn, you know, to be there and to be in the program, but I mean, to have the opportunity to get taken to Italy for 10 or 14 days that we were there. I mean, how, how fortunate were we, you know what I mean? Like, we all came, you know, South Dakota, Minnesota, Kansas, California, Canada, you know, the list goes on and on. We're all from wherever we're from. And the fact that as a group, you know, we got to get taken, you know, across the ocean to Europe to be there for 14 days and see all those cities. And, and, you know, I'm a big eater to eat all that Italian food and to kind of take <laughs> You know, take how, did I, how did I know food was going to creep into oh, yeah. the That's probably top three favorite part of the trip for sure. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, to, to get to do that and obviously we were, we were taken there, right. I mean, they brought us there to, to have that experience. I think just even going forward in life, how cool, you know, because some guys who knows they may never go there again. Right. So the fact that they're able to get to go, see all those different sites, you know, you know, experience that country. I think very, you know, very fortunate for that opportunity. And I do remember, you know, just playing the different Italian pro teams we played and being on the bus and kind of doing some of the different touristy things or, or having dinner at night with the team, you know, definitely built, you know, camaraderie and bonding and obviously, when it's going from one season to the next and you're in that in-between summer, you know, you just got guys that are playing together, maybe in lineups for the first time, you know, maybe there's freshmen that are, you know, there on campus or part of the team for the first time. So definitely a cool opportunity and experience for me. And then I think for the team, for sure. I know in our situation, that trip to the Bahamas really helped turn things around uh, I'm always a big believer that, you know, how you are off the floor will certainly affect how you play on the floor. Uh, you guys also proved that. You turned that team that, you know, could not win those close games down the stretch during your sophomore season, heading into your junior season, your healthiest season, might I add, as well. You play all 35 games. You guys turn that team around. You become an NIT team, and you lose a very tough 
close game on the road at BYU to end that season. But would you say that part of that trip going to Italy and building all those things with those guys really helped turn that team around? Well, I think so for sure. And, you know, and kind of for our, our, our previous conversation about the, you know, the year before the tougher year we had my sophomore year, you know, once that season was over, it was kind of like the remaining guys on the team were like, Hey, you know, there were some tough aspects to last year, but you know, it's a new year, right? Slates, you know, slates clean, you know, we've got three, four months to get ready for the next year. We've got guys stepping into new roles. Obviously everybody wants to, you know, compete for playing time. Everybody wants to do better than they did the year before, you know? So I think that opportunity paired with that trip, you know, and then just the summer of preparation, I don't know how it doesn't have, you know, some correlation to how well we did for sure. You know, I mean, it had to have played some part for sure. Well, it was a good team to watch. That was one of my, your senior year, sorry, going into your senior year was one of my favorite teams to watch. I think that's when we saw the ascension of JP. You had Kyrie, uh, you had Marcus, you had Wap handling the point guard duties. Uh, but for you, going into that season, you had knee surgery, I believe, in the offseason. You hurt your ankle again that senior year. Just the injuries just start to pile up, and you really start to slow down a little bit as a player. But you fight like hell. You do all your rehab. You come back in January that year, and you finish off the season for another tournament bid team. So to start your career, you are on a tournament team, and to end your career, you are on a tournament team. How cool was it to just kind of see all that come full circle, you know, all the, the four years of blessed with the tears, the rehab, the frustrations, the wins, you know, and everything that come with that. How cool was it to, you know, kind of end where you wanted to, which is to be an NCAA tournament team and, and to just kind of set that standard for creating Blue Jays basketball moving forward? For sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll speak on that in two parts. I would say as far as the you know, the injuries I had, not going to lie. I mean, it was, you know, it was a tough experience. You know, I was going into my senior year, you know, I played a lot the junior year. I'd probably had my, you know, best year yet after, you know, that junior year was probably my best year yet. I was probably playing, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game with, with Jeff. And, you know, I remember I had, hurt my knee that summer and it was kind of like, well, it's early enough in the summer. You know, if I just, you know, work my ass off, I can get back for the start of the season. Right. So whether it was weight room, you know, the surgery I had, you know, rehab with Ben, you know, hours with Ben, you know, which, which, and I was proud of all that. And I was grinding and I did, you know, I did get back and I was, you know, my knee wasn't quite the same, but I was playing, you know, I was playing a decent amount and I was playing well. And obviously our team was, I mean, it, we were rocking, right? It was rocking, yeah. rolling. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we beat number eight, Wisconsin. I think we were 23. We played them at home. And I remember, you know, it was kind of like Wisconsin's coming in here. And, you know, I think they were thinking they were going to, you know, beat us at home. And the place was sold out rock. And it's like, we, you know, and we, we kind of took it to them. It was a great game. And really from there on, I mean, we went down to the U S Virgin islands and we played Washington state, NC state. I think we played Ole Miss, I think. And we were just, yeah. we were just rolling, right. I mean, 
defensively, offensively, you know, I was coming off the bench. I think we had, you know, some other guys coming off the bench that did well. I mean, everything was just kind of cooking. It was just working great. And obviously to, you know, have, you know, then blow my ankle out after the knee. It was just like, you know, we were just, I think the next week after I did that, I think we got ranked like number eight in the country. Yeah. You know, so it was like, God, I want to be, you know, I want to be a part of this season. So I remember, our, you know, they kind of were saying, hey, this ankle deal, this is kind of like, uh, you know, this kind of a season ending deal, right? You're going to have yeah. surgery. They're going to replace all those ligaments in there. You know, I remember just telling the surgeon and and, and telling Ben and telling uh, Mac, I was like, I want to be here at the end because I think we're going to do some pretty cool stuff. You know, so a lot of the rehab and work, you know, to come back, like you said, I was probably 60, 70%, but to still, you know, come back at the end and get to participate in the Big East tournament, the NCAA tournament, um, you know, I definitely hang my cap on that it was a grind. And I'd like to think as much as, you know, I didn't get to 100%, I still think I'm better for it today you know, the grind of it. So I don't really have any regrets as far as, you know, the work I put in to get back because, you know, I think I'm definitely better for it today. And obviously it was, you know, to be able to do senior night and, you know, play in senior night and be back at the end for the tournament, um, you know, was, was something to hang my hat on for sure. We got a few Twitter interactions that we definitely have to go through. Sure. Uh, Rick Warner has some very complimentary words for you. He says, oh, man, love that dude. Zach was one of my favorites. Hardworking farm boy from SD. That's true. <laughs> His work ethic was phenomenal. Both he and Isaiah Zierden were exceptional, tough as nails. So that's from Rick. Shout out to Rick. Appreciate you uh, chiming in. Steve, big time fan of the show. It's not the first time he asks questions. His question is, uh, first South Dakota player to repeat Gatorade player of the year since Mike Miller. I don't know if you knew that. I'm sure you did. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, for sure you have. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get to meet him? And if so, do you have any cool stories of meeting Mike Miller? I've never, uh, I've never met Mike before. Um, Ryan, his brother, who's on the coaching staff. Staff, yeah. He recruited me at gosh where was he at at the time I forget where he was at but I knew Ryan because he had recruited me at whatever school he was at at the time but I've never met I've never met Mike he grew up in a small town in South Dakota called Mitchell South Dakota which was actually in the same conference that I grew up in so you know growing up obviously I knew all the you know Mike Miller folklore given that yeah <laughs> down the road and you know not that we don't have some great basketball players but Mike Miller's probably you know he's probably kind of the cream of the crop yeah yeah so I've, I've never uh never met him but um you know definitely was a part of you know growing up it was like everybody knew Mike Miller you know well small world obviously you said you're recruited by Ron he's now on our staff and then uh, Mike yep. Miller's son is on our team so maybe there's still a chance you know a little bit of Halves crossing there. Maybe there's a chance we'll get to meet him after all. There's there's maybe a chance. There's maybe a chance. So you're saying maybe, there's a chance. <laughs> maybe, maybe if uh maybe if I'm over at the uh 
the old Matt before a Creighton game, and he's hell over yeah. Hell Maybe yeah. we'll have a beer or something if if we're ever <laughs> down there at the same time. Steve is also asking why you chose Crane over Iowa State, Nebraska, all those schools. So we already got through that. Uh, his last question is, my dad always used to confuse you with Jeffrey Grossell. Is that an insult or a compliment? Well, you know, we probably look a little different, but we're both big guys. So, you know, and obviously Jeff's a, Jeff's a great basketball player and a great guy. So definitely not, definitely not an insult, but. Yeah, if, unless my unless my hair in the century link light has a little bit of a red tint, that'd be the only pass that I'd give him. I, I don't even think I think that's just poor vision, maybe at that stage, maybe, maybe because I don't yeah. see the resemblance at all. Maybe, but no, definitely not a definitely definitely not a knock, but I don't see it, but not a knock. One's a lefty, one's a righty, one's got super red hair. The other one does not. One's got the tastiest yeah. skin in American history, and the other one does not. Hey, Jeff, Definitely. come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I might even be Jeff right now. You might think I'm Zach. <laughs> I might have just been uh, Jeff right now. That's hilarious. Uh, a couple of questions, rapid-fire questions I got to yeah. ask yep. before you leave. Favorite restaurant in Omaha? Oh, I would say favorite restaurant at Omaha has to be Lisa's Radio Cafe on 40th and coming. I would say probably some of the, if not the best breakfast in Omaha. I remember many, many hungover Saturdays and Sundays going there to have the, uh, the Titanic. And I probably ordered a few other things because back then I could eat whatever I wanted, but that's probably yeah. <laughs> that's probably the best best place in town for me. Lisa's radio is certainly a popular choice on this podcast. Yes. I'm glad you're another fan. Uh, yes. Favorite place to play in the Big East that obviously wasn't CenturyLink. Um, man, that's a tough one. I don't think one stands out specifically. I would say the handful that do stand out is. Providence was always a fun environment to go to. I remember, I remember always describing that as it almost felt like the fans cheered when you guys did bad versus cheering for their own team when they did. Yeah, yeah. Like if, <laughs> yeah. if we were there and we turned the ball over or miss a shot, it was almost like the cheers were louder for that than if they got a dunk or a three-pointer. It was just kind of just like the East Coast mentality, like – we're coming in from Nebraska, you know, they, they just wanted to, you know, ride us and give us a hard time. And so definitely that was a good environment. Um, you know, I think Butler was a cool place just because of the history, cool mm-hmm. gym to be at, um, you know, Xavier, Xavier was always a good environment to go into. Um, yeah. I mean, really they're all different and they've all got their own history. Um, you know, and it's it's rare that it's not a big time environment, you know, when you go into those places for sure. Last but not least, and I'm definitely putting you on the spot on this one, your personal favorite basketball moment. Ooh. Favorite personal basketball moment. So just in general. Uh college. college. We'll take high school out of it, yeah. 
Um, I don't know if I have a, I know I'm being boring, not giving you the, the one, one answer for the first, for the, the best or first, but I would say, you know, the, the Oklahoma game at home sophomore year, I mean, mm -hmm. I played in a lot of loud gyms, you know, when we came back from down 18, I mean, I vividly remember running back on defense in the second half. And as we were kind of mounting this comeback, it was just like the whole place was standing. And there was just, it was like a certain level of loudness where you really couldn't hear anything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I remember that just standing out as just like, you know, what an odd, I mean, just a crazy experience to be out there. So Oklahoma for sure. Um, you know, a lot of games freshman year. I mean, that Villanova game where, you know, we won by 40 or 50. Or <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I still remember that first half when, you know, we were up 21-0 or whatever we were up. I mean, I remember, I think Villanova was four or five at the country. I might be wrong. But, Number four. And we were at the Wells Fargo Arena in, in Philly. So, I mean, it was it was ready to go. And I still remember just the dead silence as this was going on. And I remember just kind of like, you know, obviously we were, you know, just getting after it on the bench, you know, cheering you guys on. And I remember looking around and it was like people were just in disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, we're the number four team. You know, we were supposed to show up and, you know, beat the shit out of these guys today. And they were just sitting in their seats with their arms crossed. And I remember right. <laughs> that's pretty, I just remember that being a pretty cool, pretty cool memory. I'll get, I'm, I'll finish off at least with a third one. What would I say my third one is? Um, yeah, that was, that was Wisconsin game my senior year. That was a very, that was a very cool environment as well. I mean, to be, we were 23rd in the country. They were, eighth or ninth or whatever they were, you know, and, and I think over the years, we'd always kind of had some battles with Wisconsin. I remember, you know, when, when I was being recruited, I think you in guys Vegas. In, in Vegas and I was at, yeah. at that game. So, you know, there was all, there's kind of a history obviously of wanting to, you know, wanting to beat the Badgers. So that environment kind of with like going into that game, like we're going to get this done that was definitely probably a top three game for sure. Easy money, bro. I appreciate you so much for taking a little bit of the time to step into the J with me one more for time. Sure, for sure, dude. Thanks for having me. I will it's say. It's not like we used to yeah. back in the day that building was still up, but I mean, this is just as good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to give you a compliment too. I mean, when I was, uh, when I was prepping for, you know, today, I was like, well, I got to, you know, I want to make sure I'm prepared. So I started listening to, you know, a handful of uh, previous guys and episodes. And the cool part was there was all the same, same laughter and same genuine, awesome interactions. So similar to how they used to be. And it's so cool to see how it's still the same when you've got guys on here. And I think that's definitely you know, a testimony to who you were to everybody and the energy that you bring. So I wanted to give you a compliment that it was cool to, 
like when I would turn on a new episode with an old teammate, I was like, you know, I was just smiling hearing your guys' voices and the interactions because, you know, it's just good, good to hear you. So glad, glad you're doing this and glad that, uh, this is how it's going too. It's fun to, fun to watch. Well, you know, I really appreciate that. Obviously you're always welcome to come back here, bro. If For you sure. ever want to come on the show, send me a text. I'll have you on. I'm trying to figure out a way to get a couple of guys on at the same time. I think that'd be really cool. And obviously if you want to be a part of that, you just let me know. I'll for sure throw you on. And, sure. uh, in yeah, there if well, we could but. get a, we could get a little banner going. We definitely have some. <laughs> just, just a little bit of a banner. Thanks for bro. having me, man. <laughs> Make sure you guys like and subscribe to the field of media, uh, field of 68 media network to get content such as this. This has been Zach Hansen. I was your host to Hans Maniga. Uh, any last words you want to say to Blue Jay fans everywhere? Yeah, just, uh, you know, for for the time I was there, thanks for the support. Thanks for the good memories. You know, and, and like I referenced a lot, hard to beat the environment that's in the Quest CenturyLink CHI Health Center. I mean, every, every game, you know what you're going to get. So obviously, thank you to those people for, you know, letting us play in that environment because pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, we're signing off here. Uh, as always, make sure you guys stay safe and go Jays.